Welcome to The Creative Shift. My name is Dan Blank, author of the book Be the Gateway and founder of WeGrowMedia.com. Today, I want to talk about why we take the risk of sharing. So if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're a creator of any sort, there's this question of why bother sharing? Why spend your time and your energy sharing on social media or in an email newsletter or vying for attention at all? I think a lot of writers and creators feel they have very good reasons not to. So they might say something like, you know, I want people to notice me, you know, my writing, not me. Or they might say, you know, social media doesn't sell books, it's a waste of time. Or they could say something like, you know, I just want to spend my time writing, not marketing. And I would say even beyond these reasons, we can add to this list. Sharing is a risk. There are some aspects to it that are concrete risks. And maybe you've read about some of these in an article where you heard about someone getting fired from their job because of something they shared on social media. Or you've heard about someone getting shamed by other people. And I think those risks go even deeper because we can talk about when you share, when you're public with what you create. There could be a loss of privacy. Um, when you share, you are essentially giving attention to the ecosystem online. So you are now having to manage your own distraction by that. And it could potentially affect your mental health and so much else. And none of these arguments about the dangers, the risk of sharing are wrong. They're all very logical. And oftentimes they're backed up with really compelling statistical or anecdotal evidence. Yet... I find that sharing what we create and why we create it opens up the possibility for good things to happen. I believe that sharing deeply matters, not just for the idea of like marketing what you create, but for filling your life with moments and experiences with inspiring people and for ensuring that your work has a meaningful impact on the lives of other people. I grew up as a writer and as, an, and as an artist. And in some ways, I would say my whole life has been about exploring this question of how do we connect what we create with those who will appreciate it? And how does doing that actually make our lives better? So today I want to share some examples about how I've seen that happen just in the last week or so. So the first is this concept that when we share our lives, we have an impact on other people. Earlier this week, I went on YouTube and I saw a video headline and thumbnail that just totally stopped me cold in my tracks. It was by Hank Green, who is a best-selling author and has done so much else. He's got a long Wikipedia page, but there was a video and a photo of him and he's kind of like scratching his head in this, you know, like, like he's at a loss for words kind of place. And the headline says, so I've got cancer. Now, I have followed Hank for a very long time online, as have many other people. In 2007, he and his brother, John Green, who is also a best-selling author, started um, a back-and-forth video series to each other on YouTube called Vlogbrothers. Over that time, they have done so much, but you know, they have shared, they have accumulated more than three and a half million subscribers on YouTube. They've shared more than 2,000 videos, 
And in total, they have had 940 million views of their videos. So nearly a billion views of their videos. Now, generally speaking, they are always, John and Hank are so positive. And it's not just the content that they share. They have developed a community. And I don't mean followers or subscribers. I mean they have developed a community around what they create. There are so many ways for me to illustrate that. I just don't have time for it here. It's That would be an hour video just in, in and of itself. But there's a difference there. And over the years, Hank and John have often shared things that are personal. John has always been really open about his mental health journey. And here, Hank is sharing the news of his recent cancer diagnosis and the treatment he will be undergoing. It would be reasonable for them to not share any of this at all, or to just share about topics they often talk about, which are maybe science-related or art-related, and not bring in their own personal experiences or thoughts or narratives. Yet, I've been thinking about Hank constantly for the last week. Obviously, first and foremost, I am having empathy for what he is going through, what his family is going through, what his friends are going through. But I've also reflected on how Hank has impacted my life and how over the years what he has shared has made my life better in so many ways. And in looking at that video, I mean, the last time I looked, there were 56,000 comments um, where people are telling him how much he has positively impacted their life. Then I'm thinking about, well, why is he sharing this? You know, one reason could be that in sharing his journey of moving through cancer, of having this, of, of, of managing it, of, of treating it, he could be helping other people who are dealing with it because he's giving voice to it. He could potentially raise money for cancer research if he wanted to. Um, Hank and John and their community have previously raised millions and millions of dollars for a charity. I think just in 2023 alone, they have already raised $3 million for different charities. It's overwhelming to consider how much Hank and John have shared over the years. And to me, it's a reminder that I don't think I share enough. There's more that I could share that would help other people. There's more that I could share that would help someone feel seen or validated or provide a solution to them, or even just to create like a meaningful moment in an otherwise stressful day for them. And if you're a writer, of course, you know, you can share what you create and why you create it and your process for doing so. But I think there's always more of an opportunity than just that. And again, not just a career or business opportunity, although I think that is there. But there are so many ways that in sharing who you are and how you see the world that you can positively affect someone else's life. The second way to look at all this is to consider that people often resonate with the person behind the creative work. Creative work can absolutely stand on its own. But growing up as the art kid of doing all kinds of creative things in my life, being married to a wonderful artist, of always having the artsy friends, and of course the work I do now, working with writers, I always find that people are curious about what led someone to create, how they created, how they work through barriers, all that kind of stuff. And people want to tell that creator about their own 
dreams and hopes and processes around creative work. So if you followed me for any length of time, you know I have a book called Be the Gateway that helps frame this idea of sharing what you create as a gateway to the ideas and stories that resonate with people. Or you might have used me, you might have heard me use the phrase human-centered marketing, which describes the methodology that I've developed in helping writers to reach their readers. And if you just want your work to speak for itself, of course, I have total respect for that. And I'm a huge believer in having firm boundaries, which I'll share a lot more on later in this podcast. But I've always said that your platform as a writer or creator is about communication and trust. And I think that's different than how a lot of other people view it, which is often more using phrases like, you know, your unique value proposition or developing your personal brand. I don't really like those phrases that much. I mean, use them. I'm not judging anyone for using them. But I think that the platform you create goes so much deeper than that. You are a gateway to your creative work and to the ideas behind them. And the second that you say that, the question becomes a gateway to what? And you get to define this. For years, I've followed uh, Nasir Yassin, and Aline Tamir on Instagram primarily. They are both video creators. I think Nasir started on Facebook and then kind of spread out otherwise. And he and Aline have been dating for years, for six years. I think I first started following Nasir and then I discovered her and I followed them both. And it was just fascinating to watch how they create and how their work positively impacts other people. Uh, Nasir has 21 million followers on Facebook. Aline has 2.8 million followers there. And they travel a lot. They share all these videos about different cultures and different people and just really making the world smaller in a really positive way. Then earlier this week, they announced that they are breaking up and they shared a video where they talked about this. They wanted to tell their community and they wanted to talk about what they've been going through and kind of open that up. Now, of course, this is incredibly personal, yet they chose to share it via video. They wanted to talk about the reasons why they were splitting up. They addressed each other directly in the video, which was, again, very intimate. Um, they were really clear about remaining friends and supporting each other, but without question, it is an immensely difficult time for them, and they were very open about that as well. They did not have to share any of this, but they chose to do so. And when I look at that video or consider them doing that, I don't think it's them oversharing. It is them choosing, and it's a choice, it's them choosing to honor the level of trust and connection that others feel with them. If you followed Nasir, if you followed Aline over the years, chances are you resonate really deeply with them. Not just what they say, but them as human beings, and you become somehow invested in them as a couple making these decisions and doing these different things that they do. And in some ways, they're like a, you know, a friend in a way. It's like a parasocial relationship. And here they are honoring that trust by sharing so openly with their community. 
Now, I am not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you need to be sharing publicly about your relationships, your physical health, or your mental health, or anything else. I'm sharing these examples with Hank and Nasir and Aline because too often we only see sharing as a risk. And while it is that, it is a risk, it can also be so much more. I think we resonate with the human side of what it means to create, with the journey, with someone's voice, with the thing that makes you unique in all of the universe. And when you share that story, you're giving people so many more ways to discover and connect with what you create. I've talked about this at length when I've talked about AI and how I think AI will both be reshaping the marketplace around creativity, yet also upholding your unbelievable value as a creator. Now, I hinted this before, but I'm a huge believer in establishing firm boundaries with what you share. When I'm working with a writer, we always dig into this really deep. We get very specific about what those boundaries are. I find that too many writers and creators feel that, well, if they're going to be on social media, that they have to share about family or where they are today or how they feel about things. You don't. You and you alone get to define what and if and how and when you will share. I think establishing boundaries for what and how you share are critical for your physical safety, for your mental safety, for your psychological safety. And I strongly encourage you to be proactive in determining what you will share, why you share it, when, how, all of that. Don't just sort of share and figure out, well, if there's a problem, I'll change. I would encourage you to be proactive about it. Having boundaries is the first step to do that. The second is often communicating those boundaries to other people. You don't always have to take this step, but I think there are times it can be very useful and respectful to those who you are surrounded by or connect with. For instance, I always remembered this story. Um, I forget exactly where I heard if it was through him, it was audio, I think it, I forget. It's from Neil Gaiman, the author. And the story I remember is that, you know, he would sometimes go out to a cafe and write while at the cafe, but he had a rule that if anyone, uh, someone who worked at the cafe, another customer, if they acknowledged him, even in a subtle and positive way, like they walked up and said, oh, hey, Neil, I just want to say thank you. I love your writing. Have a great day. Even something as subtle as that, if he was recognized in any way, he would never return to that cafe to write again. And I thought that was fascinating because he is establishing a boundary, a boundary for his definition of the safety that he needs to feel uh, to protect himself in some way. And I, I don't think he explained why fully when I'd heard this, but I can easily surmise a few different possibilities, which is maybe, yeah, at the time that was no big deal, but he would know that, well, then it would get out. And a friend would tell another friend, who would tell another friend, who would tell another friend. And then people would be camping out there waiting for him. Um, so he couldn't just have a normal existence in public um, by doing that. I remember a couple months ago, there's a cafe, two towns over, it's a cute cafe I've been to before, and got on social. I mean, it's even when I heard that story from Neil, it was years ago. But uh, early in the day, Paul McCartney had shown up, you know, had a bite to eat and left. 
Now, of course, nowadays in social media and Paul McCartney, I mean, that spread like wildfire. So you can imagine, well, Paul McCartney is never going to go back there again, probably because he travels an awful lot. He's not from New Jersey. But you can imagine that if you lived in the area and you were a celebrity of some sort, that you might have to really establish boundaries to protect yourself for you and what you create and how you share. I would encourage you to establish boundaries and when reasonable, when it's useful, communicate them to others. So we are left again with this question that I start at the top of why take the risk to share? I remember being really active in the arts and writing communities back in the 90s. And something that I remember seeing back then, before the internet took over, before social media, those who showed up in these communities, those who talked about their work, those that shared their work, tended to be the ones whose work spread. Because these people in the process learned how to talk about their work in authentic, nuanced ways. They didn't have to put up billboards and shout that they're having something, having an opening. They had relationships. They had ways of talking about it. They had a network of people. And it felt casual. It felt like we talk about, oh, I miss the salons of yesteryear and the creative communities. Well, that came with sharing. It didn't have to be sharing by broadcasting. It was sharing in a, in a way that mattered to you. Doing so opens up new ways for people to discover what you create. And even if one piece of work didn't resonate at the time, I would see other people still supporting that writer or artist because they were supporting the writer and the artist as a whole. They were supporting the person, not just the creative work. Can the art stand alone? Absolutely. Does it always need to? Probably not. More than that, though, I think that these writers' and artists' lives were better for being active in creative communities, where they were a part of conversations, where they were a part of communities of other people who appreciated the arts, and it became a constant in their lives, not just something they do privately, every now and again they send out a tweet, but it was a living, vibrant thing in their lives. And I think that's really cool. Why do we take the risk of sharing? Because I think that so much more is at stake if you don't share what you create and why. As always, you can reach me at dan at wegrowmedia.com with any feedback or ideas or anything you want to share. You can find me at wegrowmedia.com or on social media at Dan Blank. Thank you so much for listening until the end.